0: and welcome. It's okay. (laughs) Glad that you are here this weekend. I want to welcome all of our campuses, not just Lone Tree, Lakewood, Highlands Ranch, Castle Rock, but also our online campus and all the folks that will be listening over the next few weeks. We welcome you and we're glad that you're a part of the JFC family. On your way into our sanctuaries, they give you the notes. If you want to grab them real quick, we will jump into our message and uh, uh, start our new series called The Most Interesting Man in the World. Now, uh, I said uh, last week, I don't know if you, um, if you were here or not, but assuming that most of you heard me say this, um, I admit right up front that you may, you may recognize that, like, where have I heard that before? And, um, uh, you know, some of you may know it too, too intimately, Um <laughs> because I'm hearing Snickers uh, here and there. Uh, it, it's from a beer commercial, and uh, it's Dos Equis. and Dos Equis does the deal where the guy comes on, and um, they go the most interesting man in the world, and they'll have a little tagline about him, uh, and he'll say something like, um, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, it's, it's Dos Equis is, is the deal. And we just thought, you know, literally speaking, we're not trying to be funny, we're not trying to... Um, uh, uh, to, to do it in a, in a mocking way whatsoever, but in reality, uh, it's our opinion, and in particular, it's my opinion, what this message is about. If you were to say, Pastor, where are you trying to go with this? I feel like I've got about three weeks to tell you why I feel like Jesus is the most interesting man who ever lived, uh, who lives today, and who will be the most uh, important Figure in our future. And that's what I see this uh, being about right there. So I, I like the idea of taking just the most interesting man in the world. And so we, we did this. I challenged our teaching team uh, in each one of those commercials. They have some kind of little funny tagline. Um, you know, normally his thing is, You know, he'll say, "I don't always drink beer, but when I do, it's this." And I said last week, I I challenged the staff. DeMaze had come up with a really good one. Uh, They said you could you could say it this way about Jesus: "I don't always drink wine, but when I do, I create my own." I thought that was cute, kind of funny. But I challenged. I I like it. Um, This this series may do more for me than anybody else, apparently. Uh, So I, I what I did was I challenged them, and even a couple of friends. I said, "Hey." Take a look at this and just see if you can come up with, with, um, with some decent taglines that I can use in the series just to start it off with to have a little fun. So these are the three from uh, this past week that I picked. Uh, the most interesting man uh, in the world, taglines, uh, uh, once a rattlesnake bit him and after five days of excruciating pain, the snake finally died. <laughs> you had to be there. His feet don't get blisters, but his sandals do. (laughs) How about this one? When he meets the Pope, the Pope kisses his ring. How about that one? (laughs) So we will have some fun with this. Uh, Really, it is, honestly, it's a chance just to talk about, uh, really, Jesus being the most interesting um, man. Uh, in the world, and we're gonna look at it from the three perspectives I said. Uh, I'll start this weekend talking about why he's the most interesting man who ever lived. Next week, I'll talk about uh, why he's the most interesting man uh, alive today, and then the last weekend, we'll talk about how that sets up for the future. Uh, Under the thought point, though, when I was studying, I don't know, uh, I guess, you know, in my mind, and I'm sure that many of you, not all, but many of you uh, who, who may be familiar with the Bible, Uh, would probably recognize this, that when it comes to teaching about Jesus for the past 2,000 years, think about this for just a moment, we only teach less than 10% of his life. So he lived till he was 33, and in particular, we focus on the three years of his ministry from 30 to 33, and we teach about less than 10%. We know literally less than 10% about Jesus. Jesus. And yet it's kept people literally um, not only interested but it's changed lives for more than 2,000 years. Think about that right there. That's a pretty significant stat. And so as we go to teach this, while, while I think to myself, you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. I don't, I don't stand up here and think, okay, I'm gonna reveal something that someone's never heard before. I hope that it will be some things you've never thought of before. And, uh, but I'm not saying that, that you wouldn't have heard any of these things, but maybe I can show it to you in a new light that will help you think, um, think of Jesus in a new way. And in my mind, when I wrote this, here was, here was my heart behind this. Jesus himself said, if he's lifted up He'll draw all people unto himself. And what I wanted, this time of year, it seems like so many places go so heavy on production. And while their heart is behind making it about the Lord, sometimes it can become about a church, how much a church can do. I don't want to lift up our church. I want to lift up Jesus and what I'm trying to trying to do. I want it to be about him. So I want to say from the very beginning, that's where my heart is at in this, and that's what, that's what we want to expose here, is that we want to lift Jesus up and have you see Jesus. Because if we think, if that happens, then the greatest thing that can happen for you uh, like has happened for me. It, it changes our lives. It, it's, it's what everything is supposed to be. So uh, with that in mind, uh, John chapter 21 goes along with the idea that we only teach less than 10%, but look at what John uh, the Apostle said about this very fact. This is from John 21. Um, there are uh, many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself would not be able to contain the books That would be written. So, even the very little bit that we know about Jesus, you have to understand uh, it it may be less than 10%, but it's a carefully edited text that the Holy Spirit wanted us to have. That less than 10% is enough to last you your whole life. It's enough to last you your whole life. So, uh, with that in mind, here's where we'll go with this right here. I put Jesus is the most interesting person, uh, whoever was, is, and will be. And we'll start uh, historically today. Uh, Number one, I think he's the most interesting person from the very start of history. So from John chapter 1, John, when he writes this, is sort of taking off of Genesis chapter 1. He uses a little bit of the wording here to kind of tie Jesus uh, and and the fact that he is God uh, and has been around forever into this. So John writes it this way, in the beginning, just like in the first three words in Genesis, in the beginning was the word. Now this is just another analogy or a term or a name for Jesus. He's called the word of God. So he's saying in the beginning was Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the very beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has ever been made. And I love that right there. I think that's a powerful verse that begins to explain a little bit of the Trinity, the act of Jesus. Jesus is the active force in how God did what he did. And although he is part of, he is separate, but he's part of, he's one, right, in three separate personalities. He's one in three. Jesus is the active role in creation. When the Father said, let there be light, Jesus is the active force that makes it so, if that makes sense. He's the one that does it, the creative, the the, the power, the miraculous behind it, and I love this writer. So what I'm thinking about this, and I'm putting this together in my note, what I wrote uh, uh, for you and then in my own practical understanding was just simply this. Uh, There's the ability for someone to teach history or the ability for someone to make history, which is more interesting. Listening to a good history teacher is always interesting. I love that. I like history, people that can teach it well. It's interesting, but the difference between listening to a person talk about history versus listening to the one who made history. How many of you know those are two different things right there? So let me give you an example. I had to uh, go to the Apple Store. And uh, in the Apple Store a couple of weeks ago, I ran into a person, the one uh, that's uh, at Aspen Grove. You know, the one that I'm talking about? Right off Santa Fe. So I go over to that uh, Apple Store. I go in there. And this is, um, the way that I know someone goes to our church is it goes like this. As soon as I walk in, somebody yells, Pastor John! I don't have to go, how do you know me? I instantly, it categorizes. So I walk into the store, and someone goes, Pastor John. And I turn and I look, and it's a person that works there, and they said, uh, what, what can I do to help you? Know, I told them I need to have something fixed. So I spent a few minutes talking to the person um, about Apple and about Mac products and uh, looking at some of the new stuff. I, I, anybody else just like to go in that store? And Yeah, just a few of us. The rest of you are PC people, aren't you? Yeah, that's, yeah, uh-huh. So um, I, I just like going in that. So I'm hanging out in the store, and I'm talking to the guy, and I just start asking questions about, you know, the new watch that just came out, and some of the different things. And the person's tell they're really into their job. One thing about Apple employees, they're into their job, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? They know their stuff, they're really interesting. Uh, and at the same time, I go home, and I, happened, I go online, and I'm looking up something, and they have a video of, of Steve Jobs. And Steve Jobs begins to talk about the vision behind Apple and the stuff that happened. And this employee, the guy that goes to our church, who I think, man, I bless him. He knew his job, and he knew his stuff. But listening to Steve Jobs talk about what he did versus an employee who, who sort of knew a part of what Steve Jobs did. It was a world of difference. I, it was just night and day difference. And that I, that is the that's the very thing here. When it comes to Jesus, we can stand up. We can talk about a historical Jesus. Much of what you'll see on TV in the next three weeks will teach yes or no about a historical Jesus. Yeah. Well, I, what's the one that's coming out here real quick? Uh, they killed Jesus. Uh, that, that that will be be on. I mean, it's it'll probably be highly watched, but it'll talk about a historical Jesus. It won't talk about an active, alive. They won't introduce Jesus. And the point is you can't know him simply as a historical person. You can't know this slice and talk. If you know him, you can introduce people to him and then he can take over. And that's why he says, if I be lifted up, we don't want to stand up here and teach facts and figures about Jesus. As interesting as that is, and while I think there's a place for that, the thing that makes this alive and active, if I can lift him up and you can meet him, he will talk to you. And if you already know him, there's things that he can show you today that, well, it's so much better than an employee. I put my. do you get it? It's like I've got an employee badge, and I'm really excited about what we teach, but it's not as good as when he teaches you. I'm excited about that. We had sort of a a personal experience with this very thing. Um, I think four weekends ago, five weekends ago, we were off, and uh, Chris and I decided to go to all of our campuses, just to make it to all the campuses. So we started out here at Lone Tree, and once this one was over, we went down to Castle Rock, and then on Sunday morning uh, to Highlands Ranch, and then over to Lakewood. And I, I love to do that because it gives me a chance to actually see what's happening on the campuses, to see the ministries, to meet people, just to, to have a few minutes, and I don't get to do it a lot. And uh, while we were doing it, we had this really interesting experience at one of the campuses. I won't say which one. I'm sure the person uh, may be watching right now, and you'll know who you were. Uh, but we, I, I ended up talking uh, to this lady, and um, she, she, it was during the greeting time, and I greet her, and she, she just asked me a few questions real quick uh, about how long we've come to the church. And I said, we've been around for a little while. <laughs> uh, literally, I thought this is a perfect time now to find out what if she doesn't recognize me. And so I just go, uh, what do you think about this church? She goes, this church has changed my life. I said, that's all, why? She goes, I like the pastor. That's what she said, I like the pastor. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about him. She goes, I've actually never met him. That's what she said, I've actually never met him. She goes, I've seen one of these, so. he's like the Wizard of Oz. That's what she said. He's on the screen. And I, <laughs> I said, well, I heard he's kind of short. And she stopped for a moment, and all of a sudden the light comes on in her eyes. And I shook her hand right there. And she looked at Chris and she didn't recognize. She goes, Do you know who this is? And we just had some fun. And the, the idea, the thought here, what people they think they know because they see a picture of something or they listen to, but man, when you what a difference. What a difference to actually know, to, 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 to introduce. To, and that's what Christ offers to us. He's not the most interesting person who was because he's like George Washington or he's like some figure from the... But he, he was interesting, he is interesting, and he will always be interesting. He's alive. He's active. We're not testifying to something that we knew about. We're testifying to what we know to be true Now. Now. You know, during this time of the year, of course, one of the things when all of the television shows that will be on the next couple of weeks about who Jesus was and the historical Jesus, uh, of course, there's always, you know, how do we know he existed? How do we actually know this is real? One of the things I always point out to people, you know, even the disciples, you have to understand that, yes, they wrote many of them from a a personal viewpoint, but when they're writing their letters to churches, they're writing it after he's gone gone and they're now under the threat and not only the threat every one of them except one was killed for what they believed ask yourself if it's not real and they don't think he's alive today why would they lay their lives down for it they could have easily just walked away from it at that point Jesus would not know any better if he really doesn't exist or he's not alive they could have gone back to their lives as fishermen lived out the rest of their lives perfectly fine and yet they didn't give up what they knew to be true even at the point of their own death because they knew not only a historical Jesus but they knew a Jesus who's alive today there's the difference it makes all the difference in the world let me give you the next one that I just think is kind of a of a neat idea now I I told this to my staff downstairs I thought when I wrote this I thought it would make sense and then when I saw the notes I'm like I don't know if people will put it together if you look at one two and three real quick it was actually one sentence that I broke down. What I wrote, this was kind of like in my mind. Here's what I'm trying to say to everybody. So look at one, two, and three. From the start, follow Jesus to the very end. From the start, follow me to the end is what Jesus would say to us. So from the very start, historically, he's always been there. He, he is the God who always was, is, and will be, but he also existed in human form. I, I try to say this from time to time in order to give a perspective. Before we go to two, let me just... But to give a perspective about how to see Jesus because there's really... I think there's two ways that people sort of view him. They see him as, wow, you know, all the miracles and all, all the things that he did and they, okay, he's God, wow. Look at what God can do. Okay, yes, that, that's, that's okay to think that way but let me broaden your perspective of Jesus. His message was not look at what God can do. The message of Jesus is really look at what a man in right relationship with his father can do. Meaning that Jesus said, I don't say or do anything other than what I've heard and seen my father do. And there are examples in scriptures. Oftentimes, well, he was God, he could do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted, like he he could heal whenever he wanted to. Let me give you a cool example. You remember the story when um, Jesus is teaching, preaching, healing people, and the Bible says that uh, there was a paralytic whose friends brought him to Jesus on a mat. They carried him to Jesus, and there were so many people. you remember the story? For those of you who know, I'll I'll, I'll tell you if you don't know. They, They bring their friend on a mat so that Jesus can heal him, and the Bible says there were so many people because of the miracles, they couldn't get close, so they were creative. They climbed up on the roof, and they actually lowered him down through the roof in front of Jesus. Those are the kind of friends I would like to have. How about you? Those are the friends you want in life. The ones who will do what it takes, had to introduce you to Jesus. And so the Bible says that Jesus healed him. But right before that, it makes this statement. Uh, It's just, it's one verse, and this is what it says. The power of the Lord was present for Jesus to heal. Giving the indication that Jesus couldn't just at any time, anywhere, turn it on like a spigot and turn it off when he was done. It was something that when the Father would say, I'm doing this now, because of the relationship Jesus was in with the Father, he could hear him say that, and he was tapped into the Father so that he could lay his hands whenever he needed to. Now let me give you one more example. Mark chapter 5. Jesus goes back to his hometown And they they recognize him like, isn't this Joseph's son and Mary's, isn't this the carpenter's son? And they've heard all these great reports. And then they begin to become intellectually offended. Yes, he grew up here with us. Who does this guy think he is? And then it says this, one little commentary. This is what it says in the Bible. Uh, He could do no great miracles amongst them except heal a few people. Now, we today would go... Well, I would consider that to be a great big mirror. But when you hang around Jesus, that's like the breadcrumbs. That's like the breadcrumbs, man. You're not talking about just a few heels. I mean, Jesus raises the. Go- you want to talk about a guy that's a, a, a continual party? He ruins funerals, ruins them. I mean, he shows up in debt. It ruins. If you're a funeral director, you're like, what do we do now? I mean, how do you, like, give the flowers back, I. Right? What do we do now? He just. But in this case, it says he could do no great miracles amongst them except heal a few people. And he marveled at their lack of faith, meaning that something inside of them kept him from being able to do the miracle. So it, the, the acknowledgement here is just simply he couldn't just go like anytime he wanted to and do it. Th- there was this tap into the Father that allowed him to hear, okay, now I want to do this. What does it mean to you and I? If you look at Jesus and just go, well, of course, he's God, he can do whatever, what you'll do is you will eliminate yourself from doing the works of Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. If you only see him as, wow, look what God can do, what we'll do is we'll look at it. well, we can't do those things, look at Jesus. But we're, not, we're called to do those things and greater So the message of Jesus, what we're really taught when we look at the life of Jesus, is that Jesus, when he left, he said, it's better for you if I go, because now that I'm gone, you're going to do what I did. And if you tap into this relationship with the Father, you'll hear him say, now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This, man, to know Jesus is not to know this historic, it's to know him so that we're doing what he did. I mean, the greatest proof that we know him is that we do what he did. Hmm. let me let me just show you this next one uh, so the first one's from the very start of history and then there's the current he calls us to follow him today now this is a scripture uh, from Mark's account of the life of Jesus it's Mark chapter 2 and uh, let me just um, Mark comments on a remarkable ability that Jesus has. Notice how I say that, not past tense, not had. A remarkable ability that Jesus has. So this this tells, as as Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Jesus walked up to Levi and just simply said, follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Now, this is... uh, a remarkable story, and I would just simply ask, what is it about Jesus? I mean, if someone just walked up to you while you're doing your job and said, hey, follow me. I realize that many of us like, I would love to leave my job and just, you know, I'm in. But it just in reality, think about this for a moment. I mean, if somebody had just walked up to you, just follow me, would you do it? I mean, I think most of would be very, like, why? Where are you going? Are we having lunch? What's in it? So the, remarkable, the most remarkable part about this story is not that Jesus just simply walked up. Here's the most remarkable part of the story. Levi got up and followed him. What is it about Jesus that could make a person stop everything that they're doing in life and follow him? So we read that story and we think, oh, wow, you know, he must have been remarkable. Let me ask it this way, though. Let me show you a point. How many of you have heard Jesus say to you, follow me, and whatever you were doing in life, you stopped and you began to follow him from that point on? Just raise your hand real quick if you're a follower of Jesus. I mean, it still works today, doesn't it? He's got this remarkable ability. If he's dead and historical only, no one follows him. They may talk about him. They may repeat things. But to follow him, to stop what you're doing. Look, I, I left everything I knew to follow him multiple times in my life. I gave up job, security, house, everything to follow him here to start a church. And I've never ended up the worse for following Jesus doesn't mean there weren't difficulties in it or there weren't prices to pay, but the reward of following him, how do I know he's alive? Look, God's been really good to me, man. it has been good to me. He's very much alive, very much here. I love the story of Christ calling the disciples to himself. I love the fact that he could walk up and just say, follow me. Look, you know he had something because these guys were fishing when Jesus said, follow me, and they quit fishing to go follow. That's power. (laughs) It still happens today. You still can look around today. You still, today, we can still call people, introduce them to Jesus, and Jesus will still say, follow me, and people today still will stop what they're doing in life and pick up the cause of following Christ. And I love that. I love that. I think when you look at this what I would point to you about this here's here's why I think that Levi was willing to get up and follow Jesus. I don't think Jesus is inviting any of the disciples including us to follow him and find religion. I think what was intriguing is he invites them, follow me for relationship. Let let me show you a cool cool verse that that I think sort of explains this. This is uh, back to John in chapter 1 again. Um, John John says it this way. Uh, He talks about when Jesus was uh, talking with his cousin, John the Baptist. John the Baptist actually had disciples too. And John the Baptist When his disciples were hanging out with him and Jesus came by, they saw John's reaction to Jesus and how much John just was like, this is what it's all about. I've got to decrease so that he can increase. And he starts just talking about how awesome Jesus is and that Jesus is the lamb sent from God, the son of God. And all of a sudden, here John is so convincing. John the Baptist is so convincing in his love for Jesus that his disciples go, uh, you know what, you're right, and we're actually going to leave you to follow Jesus. That's how you know. You're not creating your followers, you're creating his followers. I, I just love that about... So, but this is, what, this is the reality of what John did when he lifts Jesus up. So when John's two disciples heard John the Baptist say these awesome things about Jesus, they followed Jesus. I love that right there. But look at this. Turning around... Jesus saw them following and asked them, what do you want? What what are you doing? Now, remember, I've taught this now for 17 years. Anytime God asks you a question, it's not because he lacks the answer. He wants you to realize what you're doing. So he asked these guys, "What, what, what are you doing? What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Now, no, Jesus doesn't go, Go down two blocks, turn left, look for the sign right there. Here's what Jesus does. It's not an invitation that he he's like here 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 go do this. Here's what Jesus says to them. Right? Come, he replied, and you, he that's what he invites us to. He, he's never like hey look go do this go go find this go to the temple go to church. Here's what Jesus says. You want to follow me? All right, let's do this. To come with me, and I'll show you myself. He offers us the invitation of walking with him. This is why he's alive today. This is not some staid, stale, static religion where we follow rules and we curtsy and we bow and we do everything in precise order. This is a real relationship that we live, move, and breathe with him. He invites us today, come and I'll show you myself. I'll, I'll let you see. Let's do it together he invites them to relationship which he was from the beginning but he is today and what he invites us to today is not religion but it's relationship come and i'll show you myself and then last but not least to to the very end speaking of the future let me go to the very last book of the bible the book of revelation and i i've I pointed this out before but the, the book of revelation is not actually called the book of revelation it's actually the revelation of jesus christ The last book of the Bible is to reveal how Christ will play out in future events. And this is what Jesus says about himself in the very last chapter of the last book of the Bible. This is what Jesus says. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Anybody remember their Greek? I'm the A and the Z. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Christ himself, here's what the Bible says. In the beginning was Jesus in the middle right now is Jesus, and at the very end, when it all ends up this age, but not time, Jesus will be. Yes. To the very end, he is all-encompassing, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end, the middle, everything. What I think this, this tries to tell us, what I think it points us to, what it, what it ultimately says about Jesus, Jesus, the, the reason he exists as, as a man, the reason he ever came to the earth. Jesus is not man's attempt to try to reach God. Jesus is God's plan to reach man. He is the God man, the bridge back to the Father. All religion serves the basic purpose in mind of trying to reach, to, to figure it out. There must be something more. This is the way too. But Jesus is actually God saying, here is the way, the truth. the Jesus is the hand of God. Jesus is the literal manifestation of the Father's heart on the earth. If you want to know what God feels like, how God responds, how he acts, how he thinks, read about Jesus because that's what God does. When Jesus comes across, the woman caught in adultery And the Bible says that the religious leaders of the day come and say, hey, the law says we can stone her. They've got their rocks, but what do you say? The only one who could have thrown a rock doesn't have one in his hand. He instead draws in the sand and stands up and then anyone without sin casts the first stone. What wisdom, what power in that. And the Bible says that each one drop their rocks, starting with the oldest, going to the youngest. Why does it include that little bit right there? Because hopefully when you get older, you realize when you're whipped. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. And you walk the wisdom that... Why, Pastor, what are you... That's... Jesus is not some rogue agent who's trying to reveal some new truth. Jesus is the revelation... Everything he did, he didn't do of his own. He only did what he heard and saw his father doing. So when Jesus gives this woman mercy and grace and forgiveness, this is God's heart towards humanity. Yeah, the law was given to show us that we can't do it. That we all fall short and that none of us are going to get there by keeping the law. So he gives Jesus to show here's how. I'll fulfill the law. This man kept it perfectly. And if you give yourself to him, believe in him, know him, walk with him, his righteousness is given to you. He took your death on a cross and gives you his life through relationship. We had a quick conversation this week. There's a scripture that says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And there's an author who wrote a book recently that says, well, the Bible says that, but it's basically not true. And his account is simply, here's this, let me let me clarify, his account is simply that if it was just about, you know, I believe in God, the Bible says that the devil believes in God, but he's obviously not going to heaven. It's not enough to just say I believe in it's a relationship, that's why I believe in him. It's not enough to have some, yeah, I know he exists or I believe that there was. Is he active and alive in your life right now? Did you talk to him today? Will you walk with him tonight? Will you wake up in the morning knowing he's there? Or does he remain some historical character that you believe in? I believe in Napoleon. But that doesn't mean anything. Do you understand? We believe that someone existed. But here's what he offers us. To know me. To walk with me. I come to the end and I thought to myself, All right, it sets itself up well to be able to ask people who don't have a relationship with Christ to give them an opportunity to have one. But what about maybe the idea of people who have a very historical understanding of Jesus but no real, hey pastor, I do walk with him. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about Judgment Day. It's a scripture that kind of bothers me. It says that on the day when we all stand before the Lord, there will be some people who say to Jesus, Lord, Lord. They confess Him with Lord, Lord. And they'll say these things to Him. We did miracles in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We did a lot of works in your name. And Jesus' reply to a certain group of people is, I don't have a clue who you are. It actually says it this way, depart from me because I don't know you. And the word know there is not to know with your brain, but to know by intimacy. Here's an example. Many of you in this room hear me talk about my wife, Chris, and you could leave here tonight and say, oh yeah, I, I know Chris. Pastor John talks about her. But the way you know her and the way I know her Would you agree that those are two different things? I know her intimately. I know her because I live with her, because I walk with her, because we've raised children together, we've overcome obstacles together, and she's put up with me for 31 years together. I know her in a very intimate way. So when people say we know her, we're talking about two different things. This is what Jesus says when he says, depart from me because I don't know you. It's not enough to know him with your brain. You've got to know him intimately through relationship. And I would be so bold as to challenge your thought process that if you just go, yeah, I know him, how do you know him? Do you know him because you read about him in a book? Do you know him because your pastor talks about him a lot on the weekends? Or do you know him because you walked with him today? Do you know him because when everything was great, it was his hand that provided it, and when everything was down, it was his hand that sustained you? How do you know him? You get what I'm saying? That's a legitimate question. It's one that we all get to a minute to just push everything aside and ask. Do I really know him? There's no fear in that. And it's not arm twisting because there's no counting. I'm just asking a question. Where are you at with that? And what do you want to do about it? So will you pray with me? So Father, we take a few minutes right now and in the middle of a season, Lord, where so many churches right now and So many opportunities to to focus on Jesus is going to happen. Lord, we we don't want to just like miss and walk by something that could be really good. Father, it's during times like this when we really get a chance to focus and think about who Jesus is that suddenly our hearts, Lord, can be challenged with relationship. So like if you're here this weekend, any one of our campuses or maybe you're listening to this, in your car or walking along and listening through your iPhone or your iPod right now, here here would be my question to you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? What I simply mean by that is not do you believe that he ever existed, not do you agree with what I'm saying, but do you have a relationship with him? Have you said to him, God, I open my life to you Father, fellowship with me. God, I want to walk with you. If you've never done that, and you say, Pastor, I do want that. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want what you're talking about. I want to know him, and I want to experience him, and I want him in my life. And I'd like you, Pastor, when you pray, to remember me. I want to give you a chance to have that relationship with him. But I want you, just real quickly, to understand, I'm not inviting you to religion. I'm not just saying, do you need help? I'm asking you if you need a relationship with God. He invites you to relationship. The reason you were created was to know him and be known by him. And this is a specific. If you don't have a relationship with God and you go, Pastor, pray for me because I need that today. I just want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you, but I do want you to just raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I just need that in my life. Yep. I see you. I see you. Sure. You bet. Yep. Any of our campuses, our campus pastors right now are standing in the place that I am and they're going to pray for you. The second one before I pray would just simply be this. This one's a little more, I want you just to consider, not so much respond to me, but consider. When you say you know him, how do you know him? Do you know him just simply intellectually? Or do you know him with your heart too? Do you know him simply like you could give a definition Or do you know him because you could describe his interaction in your life? How do you know him? I think what he would say to you today is, come and see and let's do this together. He wants you to experience him. And as much as your heart would be very soft and tender towards the things of God what I would ask you is to really consider how do you know Him, just intellectually or do you know Him in your heart? Because the Holy Spirit would want you There's just some knowledge that only comes by experience, not by definition. And that's what God would talk to us about. I really feel strong in that message right now. Consider. Consider how you know Him. How do you know Him? And the first thing that I asked I said if you don't have a relationship with God and you want that I would pray with you and I want to do that right now there's not a prayer of memorization that you say or a certain thing that you need to say it's just simply in your heart in all honesty just ask the father for the relationship tell him that you want that that you need that that you open yourself up to that father for every person all of our campuses and even those Lord that may be listening remotely right now who desire this I know it's your will to say yes to them it's your desire and delight God to enter into relationship with them right now and fathers they open themselves up to you and as they say God I want that I, I want to know you I, wanna, I, I want that relationship that John talked about God I know it's your, just, it's your great delight you stand there already ready if you feel like wow you know Suddenly the light comes on. It only comes on because God's been perpetually trying to get your attention. He loves you very much. And his heart is very much towards you right now. And Lord, as every one of these that desire to know you, Father, I just pray that you would open up their eyes right now. Open their heart. Let them experience the love of God. Let them experience the fellowship of the Holy Spirit right now. Let them experience the grace of Jesus. Lord, for those who are contemplating how I know him and come to the conclusion, I know him by definition, but I don't know him by experience. Lord, cause all of us to come to a greater place of understanding, to walk with you and experience Jesus. To know him by experience. Lord, I know that's a big prayer, but you're a big God and able to do everything that we pray. Lord, cause our people, everyone, to know you in a very intimate way. I thank you for hearing our prayers right now, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that that you've given Jesus to us. And I pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks.